Welcome to this podcast installment from the Women's Council of Realtors, Leaders Made Here. Welcome to our Leaders Made Here podcast. I am Stacy Krolak, and today we are going to speak with Melissa Zimbelman, our 2016 past national president. Melissa, would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you, Stacy, and thank you for having me on. So again, I'm Melissa Zimbelman, and I have been a realtor for almost 20 years. I live in Las Vegas, Nevada, and was born in Colorado. So I've been involved with Women's Council for, I would say it's probably been maybe 13, 14 years now. So I am all in. And again, Stacy, thank you for having me. Of course, it's my pleasure. Melissa, I was wanting to know, how did you first get involved with the Women's Council? Sure. You know, it's a great story because I think I'm just like everybody else. I got into real estate and just kind of had my nose, you know, to the ground, grinding it out, working hard. Didn't really realize that I was missing anything. But my broker at the time came along and said, hey, do you want to come to my installation? I'm being installed as the local chapter president at that time for the Women's Council of Realtors. And she said, it's a great group of women. It's the movers and shakers in our industry. You're going to get an opportunity to rub elbows with those people and learn from them and be able to ask questions of them. And this is a great group. You should come. And, you know, we always go back to that task is to ask situation. And she asked me to come and we went a couple hours early, of course. So she asked me to help stuff bags and help get everything ready for the event because that's what we do. And I had such a great time and really did find that that camaraderie and those amazing women I was getting to spend time with, that was something I wanted more of. And so I'm pretty sure they asked me that night if I would come to the next meeting and, you know, probably be a greeter or help run registration. And I just kept saying yes. So that's how it all started. That's awesome. I love that. The task is to ask. Right. Now, and now if you could tell us a little about your leadership journey within the Women's Council, I, I think still till today, you are one of the youngest uh, national presidents. Is that correct? That's what I've been told. I'm just waiting for somebody to come up behind me and, uh, and, and, and take me out of that spot. But that's what I've been told. So my journey started again from that day. And I think I'd been a realtor, like I said, probably about six or seven years at that time. I was working on a team. I was doing well. I was doing, you know, what everybody else was doing, but got involved with Women's Council. And what I loved about it really from the very beginning was that I just felt like I had that family of people around me and a supportive family. This was during a time that the market was, you know, we had short sales and foreclosures and craziness going on in our market. And I really, you know, I could go to my broker but I just wanted somebody that I could actually kind of like talk through those situations with who wouldn't judge me or, you know, be concerned about how I was representing the company. I just wanted friendly advice from people around me. And that's really what I found at Women's Council. I loved the idea of, you know, being in these board meetings and getting things done and making decisions and really having an impact on our local, again, chapter at that point, in addition to our state and our national. And they, again, asked me to be the 
chair of membership for our affiliate members at that time. And I spent the first year doing that and growing our affiliate membership. And then the following year became membership chair over the regular general membership of our, of our chapter at that time. And then after that, I think I was the vice president or president elect and then president and then served as our state governor. And then our, I guess I was on the national executive committee after that. And then eventually got on the national line. So it was really just, again, a series of opportunities where people came to me and said, we think you're ready for this. Step forward, put your hand up. And I can remember in many of those situations, feeling like I'm not ready. I surely need to know more or grow more or be more or be more successful. And yet the people around me kept saying, no, you've got everything we need right where you're at right now, step forward. And I think that was probably the biggest thing of just boosting my confidence and boosting the people around me's confidence of being able to just have each other's back. You know, as you have your hand raising up, you have your hand raising back to pull the next folks up with you as well. And I love that situation. I love that we have everything we need right now to be able to help the people around us. I love how you so eloquently frame the feeling that women's council gives you and the support it's it's i believe it's emotional expression and it's a feeling just like buying a house is an emotional decision i really feel that within the women's council it's it's as if when you walk into a room that feeling that you get really deep down into your soul and i think that's what motivates so many of us and 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 helps us and we want to continue on and and to give to others don't you think I do. I mean, I feel like we're in a world that's kind of cutthroat on a lot of things and there's a lot of competition and there's a lot of expectation to be a certain amount of successful or be a certain amount of, you know, amazing wonder women. But the reality is we're all doing it. We're all doing it now. And it just takes somebody around you. And it's really all of our job, obviously, but it takes somebody around you to say, you know what? you are amazing and you are going to help other people become the same way. And I think for people that say, you know, they don't feel that in other organizations or they don't feel that in their local network, it all starts with each of us really being super approachable, super genuine and saying, you know what, I have something to offer, but I also want the opportunity to learn. And I think being open both ways to, Hey, I have something to offer and I want to help people But at the same time, I know I can be better every day. You can be better every day. So just being able to surround ourselves with people who make us better is really all that any of us could ask for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I remember my first experience at Mid-Year in Washington, D.C. It was 2013, and I remember... It was my first experience to ever see the national line give a speech for their candidacy. And I saw you spoke and I just remember how comfortable you looked up there and, and, and how confident and, and I just said, Oh my gosh, I want to be her. That is amazing. And I never, I never forgot that. It was just, you were, you just went right up there to that mic and, and took control. And I was like, wow, she is so cool. (laughs) Well, I appreciate you saying that. You know, it's a strange situation, but 
I've always felt like, especially within our Women's Council family, I've always said there should be no one in the audience that wants to see you fail. And I think if there was, you know, some weirdo in the audience that one of us didn't know or, or just was having a bad day that might want to see you fail, I think that would be a rare occurrence. And so I always felt like if I was talking in front of my Women's Council family, that every person in that room, male or female, wanted to see you succeed. Every person in there was rooting for you. And we don't get that in a lot of places in our lives. And so I always felt comfortable walking up there and talking in front of our family because I felt like, you know what, something I may say, one little tidbit that I may say may actually have an impact on somebody in that audience that day and be what they needed to hear to reach their next goal or decide that they wanted to strive for something else or a stronger market share or, you know, continue on in the business or whatever it was. And I just always felt like, you know what, these are my people. And I've always felt that way. I think Women's Council is uniquely positioned that way. And I'm always, again, very filled up when I come to national conferences and get to spend time with everybody because I just feel like we're all there for the right common good. We're there because we want to support each other. We want to learn. We want to get, you know, just filled back up so we can go out and do it again. So that is why I'm always comfortable up there. Well, it shows. It really does. And it, it really it uh, touched me and, and made me look deeper into the Women's Council. And so that brings me to my next statement. I want, and I want to frame this properly and set the stage. So I'm going to take you back to 2018. And I was state president for Arizona. And National had asked me to present at uh, mid-year. And it was something that I definitely knew I wanted to do, but I was also scared to death at the same time. And I never have let a lot of people know this until recently. I just got the courage, but I had never done a PowerPoint before. And I learned how to do a PowerPoint. And that is one of the attributes that I hand to women's counsel is these opportunities to do these things, you know, just like a podcast today or a PowerPoint or run a meeting using Robert's rules. Those are things I know I never would have done in my life if I wasn't involved in women's counsel. So I feel like I owe so much to women's counsel. But getting back to this opportunity of speaking, I really felt in my heart that if I said no, I wouldn't get asked again, which probably wasn't the case, but that's how I felt. And so I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And so I prepared my PowerPoint, and I timed and I practiced. And it's, and it's funny because no one ever knows until you do it, right? Like all of us, things change. So but part of my panel, uh, we were I was going to speak about mother-daughter. Well, somebody got pulled up to NAR for a meeting. Someone wasn't coming. And little by little, I, I didn't have my panel. <laughs> and so I'm like, I kind of need to change this up a bit, you know? So I changed it up a bit. And then I got there. And I think I started off pretty strong on my presentation. It was an hour. But then I, I started to panic and I lost my place and my face got red. I could feel the heat on it. My, my mouth was dry and I was getting ready to go into full panic mode. And 
you were in the back of the room and I think you recognized this, you saw this and you popped up and you said something funny and you made everyone laugh. And I love to laugh. So that like calmed me down and then someone else said something and then you asked another question and it was perfect because it gave me time to take a deep breath to get a drink of water and find myself on my PowerPoint. And you saved me that day. It's strategically like you did, because I think that if you weren't there to do that, I probably would have ran off the stage and never done this again. And now I've presented several times and I absolutely love it. And I'm still scared every time, but I still do it. And I get a little better every time, but it's because you did that, you cared and how you look after. And I would love to talk, you know, and I remember afterwards you came up to me or no, maybe it was before. And you said those, that same statement you just said, Stacy, no one in this room wants to see you fail. And if they do, they don't belong here. And I was like, oh, that is so cool. I can't believe she just said that to me. <laughs> so I want you to, if you don't mind, to just talk about how um, Women's Council cares for their emerging leaders and they strategically place themselves there and they're there to, to coach and help and assist. Sure. And I will tell you that you know, I have a big mouth. Everybody would agree with that. And so for me, the other reason, of course, too, is that I feel like anytime we're all together in any of those rooms, there's a lot of times that you have just little nuggets of great information that you want to throw out or that you want to, you know, interject so that, you know, people understand that we all bring some value into that room and so I'm famous for adding my two cents in, but it's usually because I just really feel like, wow, okay, I've done that. And here's something that helped me. But I will tell you, I really feel like what you just said I did in that room definitely wasn't on purpose, but I feel like every one of us should be paying attention all the time to whether we're at our association whether we're on a Zoom call, whether we finally get back to meeting in person and we get to do all this together, really do need to be paying attention to the person who's speaking or the people in the room and how we can help. Because I feel like, um, you know, humor, first of all, goes a long way. And I think I'm very funny. My husband, Chris, maybe would tell you I'm not as funny as I think I am. But to me, humor goes a long way. And I think humor in any situation really will just lighten the mood enough that people will just kind of relax. And so I, I really try to be funny, and it's sometimes an effort, but I try to be funny in anything I'm presenting or any conversation I'm having or any meal or meeting that I'm doing with clients or with people, with friends. I'm trying to introduce that humor because I think it makes people relax. I think we've all got a lot of times in our life where we have to be really serious. And so if we can have an opportunity to laugh and, and really just enjoy each other's company, that's a big deal. But really, when you're talking about, you know, helping, mentoring and nurturing future leaders or just the people around us, we need to watch out for each other and just see that, hey, um, you know, interject some support or interject some humor or interject a personal anecdote or, you know, something that you can offer that will help people 
um, kind of understand where the speaker's going or where the leader's going um, in that moment um, just to really kind of show your support. And I think that a lot of times a crowd can quickly shift to support a leader or support a speaker if they see someone else in the room doing that. So I think it's easy to keep quiet. You know, it brings me back to board meetings when we've had confrontation or we've had situations, whether it be at national or regional or um, local, when the leader's just not being supported, it's great to be able to say, okay, guys, let's look at this from a different angle or, hey, here's something funny or whatever, just to break up that tension so that we all come back to a place of why are we here and what are we trying to gain. So whether that's at a meeting or whether that's at a national convention, just really being able to be that support person in the room that can help things get back on track or help things progress so that people are actually enjoying themselves. I think that's really all of our job within Women's Council and really our industry that we're in. I I believe so too. And especially the way that you framed it and you explained it, it's definitely touched my heart. And it's something that I realized that is even more important and, and that I will be recognizing when I am in a crowd and helping if that ever happens to someone else that needs help, because you're right. It's, it's all of our responsibilities and to take care of each other. And I love to laugh. So that's perfect. And I do remember going out into the restaurant and Christine Mistrano and I from Florida, we both had presented that year. And she's like, how'd it go? She goes, I heard huge laughs coming from your room. You guys must've had a blast in there. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) See, that's the goal, right? You want people to be talking about how much fun yours was versus, you know, the one that was boring and not that much fun. Not, not that Christine's wasn't, I'm sure it was wonderful. But my point is I, I definitely (laughs) think that you definitely want to be the one that the roaring laughter is always coming from. That's the right room to be in. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad, I'm (laughs) glad I was able to do that for you. And I definitely am going to continue to be that heckler from the audience, um, putting in my two cents when I can, because I do think it keeps things interesting. So it does, it does. And we appreciate that. So that that's wonderful. And thank you again for that, Melissa. You're welcome. (laughs) Um, I wanted to ask you too, how did the Women's Council help build your business? You know, it's been really interesting because in a successful team, when I first started with um, Women's Council and was really learning great lessons and, and, you know, learning how to be a realtor and, and how to be a successful businesswoman and, again, just got an opportunity to meet so many businesswomen from across the country and really just learn that they were doing out-of-the-box thinking and they were marketing in different ways than we were marketing in my market and, you know, um, staying in contact with their past clients in different ways than I had thought of. So that was always exciting because I felt like, you know, I kind of had like this coaching, almost like this women's council nationwide group of 15,000 coaches who were teaching me how to do things that I'd never even thought of. But then there came a time when I was working for a brokerage and was thinking about starting to do some property management because of how the market was going. I had sold a lot of homes to investors who were saying, hey, we need a great property manager. We want you to do that too, also for us. 
And I'd gone to my broker at that time. And that person had said, you know, we don't want to do that. There's too much liability. And I started thinking about, wow, maybe I should open my own brokerage. And what would that look like? And how in the world would I even get started? And what would the tax liability be? And, you know, how do I have my own E&O insurance? And how do I do all these things? And so I really started to reach out to women's council members, not just in my market, but all over the country and say, okay, you own your own brokerage. What do I need to be concerned about? What are the pitfalls I need to be worried about? What, you know, what am I setting myself up for? And I met with a lot of people. I did a lot of conference calls and I just really used the network to my advantage of crowdsourcing is what we would call it now and figured out that it was time to really look at that and my husband and I put that plan together and within a year had opened our own brokerage um, years ago. It'll be 11 years um, coming up. And I really, you know, will just say that without all that help, I don't even know how people do it. I mean, I think I would have made a lot more mistakes if I hadn't had strong women from across the country saying, hey, you know, whatever you do, watch out for this. Or, hey, here's where I shopped for, you know, coverage. Or, hey, you know, here's the places I found that would help with transaction management and things like that um, to really keep me really streamlined and, you know, uh, profiting right away from that decision. And here we are 11 years later, and we're still open and we're very successful. And I have successful agents who are also a part of Women's Council, and they're thriving and they're doing referral business. Um, you know, one of them is a national speaker for Women's Council. So I just really feel like all all around, our brokerage has so benefited from our involvement. And Women's Council has been a huge part of that for all these years. We're very fortunate. We should probably be paying more to Women's Council than we are just in dues <laughs> for all the help over the years. So it's really been a huge part of our business. Oh, that's such a great story that uh, you're so successful and, and you're opened your own brokerage and you were able to guide and navigate through that with the help of leaders all across the country. And it just goes to show you how far our reach is with Women's Council. So congratulations to you and Chris you. for that. That is awesome. I wanted to ask you about our referral network and how that has affected uh, your business within the Women's Council. You know, I will say, so incoming and outgoing referrals are a huge part of our brokerage. So again, um, whenever possible, I am handing out referrals like crazy. Thankfully, um, well, thankfully, unthankfully, our town tends to be a pretty transient place. So there are people coming and going from here literally all the time. So Las Vegas is just known for that. And so I get an opportunity to give a lot of outgoing referrals, but also we receive a ton. And um, Lisa and Jolie Waldeck work for us as well, and they are also just very involved with Women's Council. And so they do a ton of referral business in and out of Women's Council as well. And, you know, we just always feel confident in those referrals because we know that these are like-minded humans. And, you know, I think that, Everybody we've come across is going to try their hardest to make these referrals work and treat them the same way that we would treat them if they were here in town. And, you know, the one thing I will say, because I think there needs to be some transparency with the referral process, it's not always going to work. 
you know, there's times where clients have found their own realtor or clients just don't mesh well with whoever they've been set up with. So, you know, I've just gotten very clear on the fact that as long as we've all tried our hardest to make it work, that's all any of us could expect. But a lot of these turn into referral checks that we're sending back and forth. And I have not had success with any other, whether it be the agency I worked for or other referral type companies, I have not had as much success as I have with the inter women's council referrals. So I think the difference is, is we just all take it very personally when we get those referrals or we give those referrals that we are trying to make it work if at all possible. And I think that's why the referral network is so successful. So that's been our experience. That's awesome. I, I know it's a big part of my business. It's, it, it's at least 90% of my business that I can uh, track. I, I, I write it down every year and I, and I look at it. And just like you, Melissa, I say, I should be giving uh, Women's Council a bigger check than More I am. More money. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Not that we want to do that, Women's Council, but yeah. we do understand. Yes, yes, we do. <laughs> okay, I've got some fun questions that I want to ask you. Okay. And this is something that I always love to ask everyone. What are you most afraid of? Snakes and spiders. Snakes and spiders. <laughs> Snakes and spiders. I'm not a fan of either of those two things. Almost anything else I can handle, but not snakes or spiders. Okay. Okay. Great. What is the best advice you've been given in your career? You know what? This is going to be really funny, but the best advice I ever got actually came from Chris. So I am a person that I do end up taking a lot of stuff personally when something isn't going well, or I've hurt someone's feelings or someone's hurt my feelings. I do actually take that stuff super personally and If a client goes to another realtor or, you know, something like that, I'm just absolutely devastated. That's who I am and how I am. And years ago, I think I had come home one day, just felt like I'd been just kicked in the gut, you know, over some situation where we didn't get a listing I thought we were going to get or something like that. And Chris said, you've got to let that roll off your back. You've got to be a duck and let that roll off your back. You cannot take that personally. He said, the universe is always watching out for you. And the deals you don't get, there is always a reason that you don't get those deals. You've got to be a duck, let that roll off your back, and just keep moving. And that day, I took that advice and said, okay, if I've done my best, I've put everything I can on the table, my heart's on my sleeve, I've done everything I can, and it doesn't come together, that is the universe protecting me. And I was so thankful that Chris said that all those years ago because it gave me permission that it was never about me and that if I've done all I could and I've put all the effort that there was to put out there and it still didn't come together, that I needed to let it go and just acknowledge that that was the universe protecting me. And there was a couple situations after that where people ended up suing their realtors or the house ended up being you know, like ready to be demolished with huge issues or whatever. And I hadn't been part of those transactions. And I realized that he was right, that there are certain times that it's not going to matter what we have done and the effort that we've put in It is not going to come together. And there's a reason for that. 
And so that, you know, is what I would tell to everybody. You know, if you put your best effort in and it doesn't come together, there's always a reason for it. Great advice. Great advice, Chris. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll give him the credit on that one. We will. We'll, we'll give him the credit. That's now, right. uh, Jeff Hornberger is our CEO of the Women's Council. And he had mentioned to me that during your uh, national leadership line journey that you had some wonderful one-liners. So I want to ask you to share with us one of your favorite one-liners that you would use. Well, and I keep giving them to you because I, you know, I, I say the same stuff a lot of times. So okay. I don't know. Let's see. I would tell you. Oh, Stace, I seriously did already give you all of them. Okay. Um, okay. Well, maybe we did a good here. job then, right? We, we did a good yeah. job. Okay. <laughs> you asked all the right questions along the way. You know, I think I will say this. So I've spent a lot of time, of course, with my sister, Cindy Reddy who was the national president in 2015 and she's not actually my sister, but she's about as close as you can get to somebody who has become a sister. And um, I will tell you that she's an amazing woman. So if people haven't had time to spend time with her, they need to, because she is just such a great mentor and such a great sister to all of us and really is still just making amazing strides with, leadership in Arizona and just consistently blows me away by the position she's given and the heart and soul that she has put into real estate. And I think one thing I will say is, you know, we really try to make a point when we can to grab Jeff and grab Cindy and go get a great burger. And I will tell you that a great burger among (laughs) friends will cause about any problem you have to go away. And that sometimes what we all just need is to find somebody who we love to spend a little time with and fix all your problems over a great burger. So I will tell you that that is one of the, my favorite things that has happened because the women's council is the close bond that we have formed with some of these people. Mm-hmm. And that Cindy is just an exemplary human about, you know, how to, create business and create a good life while we're all creating good business. And that's go get a great burger with some good friends. Oh, I remember I did hear that, that you and Cindy would sneak off and go find a a (laughs) burger joint. So that is such a great story that you're sharing with us. And, and, uh, you know, Cindy ready lives like four miles from me. How lucky am I? Oh Well, then there's no reason for you not to be having great burgers with her. I'm really jealous. I'm going to call her, I think, and schedule it. (laughs) You've got to do it. You've got to do it. (laughs) Melissa, thank you so, so very much for taking uh, this time with us and uh, telling us about your leadership journey and just sharing all your knowledge. And we can't not thank you enough. Well, you are very welcome. And I do, I guess I would just say lastly, that if there's ever a time that I can help anybody, um, really anywhere in the country who needs help or just advice or um, need the reminder about being a duck. I am always happy to be the one that can help and just give words of encouragement anytime. So I'm happy to help. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for your leadership. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to this podcast installment from the Women's Council of Realtors. Leaders made here.